Welcome to the Not All Better Show. I'm host Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 365. Today's show is brought to you by Heaven's Made. Our show today is part of our Fitness Friday series, and it's another great one in our Fitness Friday programs. We'll be hearing from returning guest Sabrina Joe, who will join us in just a minute. And we've got an excellent foreshadowing interview with upcoming guest Tim Church, MD, about how to get motivated, how to exercise, remain motivated, all without a pill or focus on waist size, and all about you. We'll be speaking with both, but first, our Fitness Friday News. The Not Old Better Show, Fitness Friday News. We've got some excellent Fitness Friday news from the American Heart Association. Here's the headline. The best way to get us to exercise? Pay us, according to a new study by the AHA. What's worse than losing your life? Losing a few bucks, apparently. According to research conducted by the American Heart Association, threatening coronary heart disease patients with money loss could help motivate them to exercise more according to this new research published in the Journal of the American Heart Association. Of course, we all know heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States and experts agree that regular exercise is one of the best ways to combat that risk. But even knowing that, some patients have a hard time hitting the gym. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, only 21% of adults are doing enough aerobic and muscle strengthening activities in their lives. In an attempt to get at-risk patients moving, researchers at the Perelman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania and in conjunction with the American Heart Association, rounded up 105 people with ischemic heart disease, a condition where coronary arteries restrict blood supply to the heart. All participants received wrist-worn fitness tracking devices such as Fitbits or Apple Watches. A smaller group was also assigned a daily step count goal plus monetary motivation, an account with $14 deposited every week and $2 subtracted for every day they fell short of their goals. Patients in that incentive group significantly increased physical activity levels during the six-month study period. They were logging over 1,300 more steps per day than the fitness trackers only group. Plus, the payoff lasted longer than the payday. Money-motivated participants continued to outstep their fellow study participants even after the study authors stopped funding and subtracting from the accounts. Creating financial motivation for healthy behavior isn't a brand new concept, of course. Insurance companies, for example, already use financial rewards programs to encourage folks like us to move more. If financial payments are linked to exercise, patients may cheat. Tumbling step counters in the dryer, for example, could produce exaggerated daily step counts. The research team anticipated this, and as a matter of fact, one of the researchers noticed a participant had exceedingly high step counts, 25,000 to 40,000 steps a day. Thinking they'd caught a cheater, the participant was called and asked, what's going on? What have you been up to? The participant reported he was walking every day for 20 to 40 minutes and confessed no other activity that indicated he was trying to fool the researchers, but 
He also revealed that he had recently joined a band as a drummer, and he would practice vigorously, triggering the motion sensor of the device, adding thousands of steps to his daily step count. Hey, you know, when I see people walking around to just kind of get their steps in, I make sure to wave to them because, you know, my Apple Watch counts that just like if I was actually doing something. No, I would never do that. Next, we'll be hearing from our upcoming guest, Dr. Tim Church, who will join us for a show here in the next couple weeks. But here's some of what Dr. Church will be talking about, followed by my review of the new Series 4 Apple Watch and then to our popular fitness guest, Sabrina Joe. But I had a chance to speak with Dr. Tim Church, MD, about staying motivated as we age and doing so without pills or without a focus on your waistband. You know, it's when you're younger, it's vanity. As you age, it's health. And, and when I talk about health and I try to motivate people, I don't want to talk about LDL cholesterol or triglycerides or waist circumference. Some people, that'll resonate. I want to talk about quality of life. Right. Okay, so what about quality of life and, and exercise? It's not how long you live. It's how long you live well. You know, can you go duck hunting in your latter years? Can you chase your grandchildren? Can you take that trip you've always wanted to take? There's no pill for quality of life. What do we do to maintain quality of life knowing we might not be motivated to exercise every single day? We know that maintaining a physically active lifestyle is the best way to assure you have optimal quality of life as you age. Okay, that's great. And then finally, what's the best exercise for our age group, the 60 plus age community? I think we're too hard on ourselves when it comes to healthy diet and regular exercise. And we think that there's people out there who, who have this undefeated career, they never make a mistake. And that's not how it is. Everybody falls off the wagon. And, and you have to recognize that and appreciate that and understand when you do fall off the wagon, you've been off the wagon for a while, start back up again. The benefits begin immediately. It's just part of the game. Not everybody maintains their behavior perfectly all the time. So I'm asked on a regular basis, what is the best exercise for me? The best, I wanna know the best. I say the best is the one you'll do. Um, just get off the couch. I, I hear all the time, oh, I hate to run, I, that's why I don't exercise. Well, don't, don't run. You know, go find something you love. Um, and as life goes on, you're gonna change what you like. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it could be cycling or swimming or Taekwondo. What works for you, embrace it and go with it. My thanks to Dr. Tim Church for his thoughts today on fitness and motivation and who will join us in two weeks for a more fulsome conversation. Up next, my review of the Series 4 Apple Watch and our conversation with Sabrina Joe about new devices like the Apple Watch that help guide, motivate, and track health awareness. But first, let me talk about Heaven's Made, our sponsor today, who have generously brought today's show to us. You know, I've spoken about my parents in a number of podcasts, and many of you in our smart, attentive, sharp audience have reached out to me following those shows, expressing your own family memories. My mom, of course, nearly 90, is still going strong, but my father, Roger, passed away in October of 2017. My mom still lives in our family home, and my dad is buried close by in a lovely cemetery. The cemetery is well-maintained, and it gets perpetual care, gardening, and landscaping. But 
Visiting my dad's gravesite is hard for my mom, although she's very mobile. It's just hard to traipse through the graves, the lawn, and the regular funerals always ongoing. Of course, I live on the opposite coast in Virginia, so it's really hard for me to get into my dad's California grave. Both my mom and I, plus my two sisters, who also live out of state and away from where my mom lives, believe my father's resting place should be treated with great care and respect. If you, dear Not Old Better Show audience, have a loved one interred in a cemetery that doesn't insist on individual gravesite maintenance, even neglectful custodial care, our sponsor today, Heaven's Made, will provide your loved one's memorial with exceptional care. Unable to travel to the cemetery, live in a different state like me, have mobility concerns like my mom, are you short on time? Heaven's Made helps you locate your loved one, schedule a cleaning and a floral delivery, and provides a confirmation photo once services are completed straight to your email. Heaven's Made takes care of it all. Cleaning the stone with an environmentally safe cleaner that gently restores without damage, edging and cleaning the overgrowth of grass and weeds, and delivery of silk or fresh flowers for any occasion. Sometimes, despite best efforts, you just can't make it out to clean the memorial stone or deliver flowers for your loved one. Don't sweat this. Stop worrying and choose Heaven's Made to provide their memorial with exceptional care. Show you care no matter how far away you may be. Heaven's Made is a service dedicated to helping you care and tend to your loved one's final resting place. Check out Heaven's Made at heavensmade.com. We'll have links in the notes. Now let's return to our Fitness Friday program with my review of the newest Apple Series 4 watch followed by our conversation with Sabrina Joe. But before speaking with Sabrina Joe, I want to give you an update on my Series 4 Apple Watch, which, as you know from previous conversation, pitches itself as a Food and Drug Administration cleared protective and proactive health monitor and a guardian that will call help if you take a hard fall. Its screen is 30% larger, which is great for our Not Old Better Show audience eyes. You won't see any senior citizens in Apple's ads, yet suddenly grandfathers, grandmothers, and even families are thinking about getting one. I've considered getting one for my mom to keep her safe as she's curious too. To begin, I have to say, good on Apple for recognizing that their tech has a lot to offer Not Old Better Show audience who are often overlooked by Silicon Valley. That we're even talking about FDA clearance shows how the Apple Watch has matured into a truly personal kind of gadget. This is the first version, again, we're talking about the Series 4 model, that feels speedy and connected enough to think of as a standalone device. Just don't let the hype about the new watch's capabilities get ahead of its reality. It's heavier than some traditional watches, and one more important thing, you'll have to charge it daily. Some of those new health functions have yet to really prove how much they'll help, but as a substitute for your phone, it might have this very small screen and tiny buttons, but it might just suffice. So here's what I love. Let's start with that fall detector, a competitor to the life alert, I've fallen and I can't get up wearable. With the new Apple Watch, a hard fall is supposed to activate a message on its screen asking if you need help. If you don't respond, it will place an SOS call from your wrist. 
That is really a neat feature at our age instead of having to wear some necklace. However, trust but verify, right? So in the interest of science, I tried jumping off ledges and throwing myself onto furniture. The thing never went off. However, the feature is on by default only for people age 65 and over. I'm 62, but I turned mine on and it's possible, even likely, that the watch could tell I was faking. What's important is actual falls, not stunts. Apple says it studied the falls of 2,500 people of varying ages. Yet the company hasn't said how often it catches real falls or sets off false alarms. This isn't like claiming to be the best camera ever on a smartphone. If Apple wants us to think of its product as life aids, it ought to show us the data. Even better, peer-reviewed studies people like us going out and actually proving this. I'll link in the show notes to Apple's disclaimer, which says Apple Watch cannot detect all falls. The more physically active you are, the more likely you are to trigger fall detection due to high impact activity that can appear to be a fall, quote unquote. So onto my review. Here's what I love about the watch as a health aid. The Apple Watch has always measured pulse, and the Series 4 watch adds the FDA-cleared electrocardiogram feature, a breakthrough for consumer tech. Hold your finger on the round button on the side of the watch, and it will read your heart's electrical signals in about 30 seconds. And even though that app has just arrived, I really could compare it to a hospital-grade monitor. Apple received FDA clearance for the EKG app, as well as the ability to detect irregular heart rhythms, but clearance isn't the same thing as approval. Apple had to prove safety and performance through clinical validation, but approval requires a lot more testing. I've added a link again to the summary of Apple's research released by the FDA, and it shows claims to detect an arterial fibrillation 99% of the time. But the FDA lists some important caveats about these functions in its clearance letters to Apple. Again, I'll put links up to all of this for you. It says, briefly, that the irregular rhythm detector isn't for people who've been diagnosed with arterial fibrillation. And both the EKG and heart rhythm function are not intended to replace traditional methods of diagnosis or treatment. The Washington Post recently reported, again, I'll put links up, that people taking watch EKGs could result in a flood of unnecessary office visits by healthy people. The heart sensors can let people with heart conditions or anxiety know when they might need to take it easy. In my opinion, it could be a major help in your life. While the watch will continue to grow as a medical device, it may be more useful now to think of it as a wellness aid. It offers a three-part view of your daily activity displayed in rings, your overall activity level, how much time you've raised your heart rate in exercise settings, and how often you stand rather than sit. In my life, this holistic view has been more than useful in counting the steps like trackers and other devices that just merely focus on some of those smaller kind of areas of health. I also love the way that I'm able to stay connected. I've been particularly interested in the Apple Watch's ability to replace or at least supplement my iPhone. Now, it's not that our not old better show audience don't love their iPhones, but unlike younger screen addicts, we may not be accustomed to carrying the phones everywhere. For me, 
Having the watch strapped to my wrist holds special appeal. The good thing is you can't lose it. You don't have to pay the extra $100 and $10 per month, which I've done for the cellular model Apple Watch to place and receive calls. When you're within range sufficient inside most homes, the watch uses a local wireless connection to your phone. The independent cellular connection first added to last year's model is helpful if you just want to leave your phone behind entirely, like when you go for a walk and still receive calls and texts on your main number. Just know that not all carriers support it, such as Xfinity Mobile, and the reception on the redesigned watch can be a little tricky. Getting to calls and other functions is a different challenge. The Series 4 watch has that larger screen area that I mentioned, but it is still just 1.6 inches and unforgiving to unsteady fingers. Sometimes, I will tell you, I find my iPhone screen too small. <laughs> Inbound calls are easy enough. Press the green button when the call comes in. That pops up when your watch rings and you gently feel the tap on your wrist and you'll be connected to the call. But when you make call outbound from the watch, it's a little bit of an adventure in fishing around for the right buttons. You're going to have to know what these icons mean. You can speak commands, raise your wrist and say, call Gretchen, and have Siri attempt to help. That works faster on the Series 4 than past models, but the voice assistant's answers are still pretty bumbling. Other useful functions are on physical buttons. If you know their secret code, you can double tap the side button to activate Apple Pay, for example, or press and hold the digital crown to summon Siri. But best of all, in my opinion, the Apple Watch is very customizable. You can increase the size of the type and you can choose from a variety of watch faces that make reading the watch dial very easy, even for older eyes like mine. My recommendation, take the time when you first get your watch to set up the face and to tame some of those excess alerts, which by default bring all kinds of dings and boops and bips and taps onto your wrist from your phone. So those steps will make it less likely to end up as a hand-me-down for your grandkids. So after my review, let's speak with Sabrina Joe again, a favorite with our Not Old Better Show audience. And Sabrina Joe is the American Council on Exercise Director of Science and Research Content. Sabrina Joe will be here to share some important information about recent research into fitness trackers, Fitbits, Apple Watches, and whether the outcome of the fitness tracker is supported by evidence-based research. Sabrina Joe, always so good to talk to you. Uh, welcome to the show once again. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be here. Yeah, so nice to catch up to you always and talk a little bit about fitness and what's important. And then, of course, research, your specific area. I've got a, I've got a question for you today about some research that I found on the ACE site. There was a study done, um, ACE Fitness, of course. Uh, we'll post links to this particular study. But ACE reviewed uh, what they call the Mover Must Haves Physical Activity Tracker. <laughs> I wonder if you'd give us a, a brief rundown because I, there's a lot of great information there. But let's let's give a kind of a brief rundown on some of the best features to consider. You know, when when safety, usability, and then I think most importantly, whether the app's functions are actually supported by evidence-based research, which is really your area. So, what what are the overall conclusions? 
Yeah, so ACE has something that we call the Scientific Advisory Panel, mm -hmm. or the SAP for short. And it consists of um, experts in exercise science, sports medicine, psychology, and nutrition. And we bring the panel together to evaluate uh, products, programs, or services in, in health and fitness that, that we think might help people become more active or stay active. And so one of the things that we've done recently is we looked at some physical activity trackers, um, namely the apps that you can have on your smartphone, um, because we wanted to know, we wanted to evaluate if there, there were any existing products out there that, that not only were safe and effective, but cost effective and actually had good usability and actually helped people um, become or maintain their physical activity, which is the whole idea behind all this anyway. So um, what we found were, we, we evaluated um, a little over 10 different apps. And by the way, we're not promoting any specific app mm -hmm. here. Um, yep. That's not why we did this. We're not endorsing anything. We just wanted to take a kind of an evidence-based approach to looking at what these different apps had to offer. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We, we really came away with three Three, thing, three apps that kind of rose to the top. And so we, we kind of uh, categorized them into different price ranges because everyone's, you know, if you can save money, then let's save money. That's right. always a concern for people. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what we found were, were the three big ones were the, the Fitbit, the Runkeeper, and the Endomondo apps. And so the Fitbit, you probably heard of this. Sure. Um, it's the Fitbit is an actual de a wearable device that you uh, wear on your wrist, and it also has a phone app that helps you kind of organize and monitor your your activity. And this rose to the top in kind of the deluxe or the higher price range, only because you can't really use the app unless you buy that wearable. Um, but what we found in terms of the wearable and the app associated with it was that it had a, a great array of features. Um, especially if you're technologi technologically minded. Um, if, if, you, if you're of that mind, then you might find this app useful. Um, and it had some basic features like tracking your steps. Um, it had vocal cues to help map out your routes or, or routes. It had some sleep pattern tracking and heart rate monitoring, tracking of your calories burned and weight lost and body mass index. It also allowed you to connect with community members and had a food and hydration log. And so we found that that particular app was great for all those kind of higher end features. And it was great for just really supporting a healthy lifestyle change. Um, the next app we found was kind of in, in the mid range in terms of price. And it was great for people especially for runners and cyclists. So if you're a runner and a cyclist, you know, you're looking for a great app that might help kind of keep you in line with your goals. We found that RunKeeper might be a good option. Um, it, like I mentioned, it was great for exercisers of all levels, but especially for advanced runners and cyclists. So it allowed you to have some training plans. It allowed you to discover and save new uh, routes, new training routes. Um, you could have you could create running groups and then have challenges with friends in those running groups. 
among many other types of features. Um, and the base version of this app is free, um, but if you upgrade to the premium, which is uh, basically $10 a month or maybe $40 a year if you buy it annually, you, you really get an upgrade and a lot of great features along with what the, those that I just mentioned. But what we found kind of as what rose to the top in terms of the, the lowest costs and probably the most user-friendly was something called Endomondo. And this app, what's great about this app was it allowed the user to track all kinds of activities ranging from circuit training to golf to even paragliding. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, which, which is, you kind of don't think of things like that as being physical activity, but it certainly is. Um, it, this app even has a variety of features, including wheelchair tracking hmm. um, that, that helped a wide array of individuals um, help move toward their, their physical activity goals. So this app allows you to track things like time, distance, speed, calories burned, um, and it also helps you set goals and take on challenges with other people in your social community. So the, this app was great, this uh, Endomondo app. Um, the free version was useful if, for tracking and goal setting. And then for an entire year, a price of $9.99, $9.99, you could upload to the premium version, which had even more features. So those three apps really were the ones that the scientific advisory panel thought really rose to the top to help people either become more active or maintain their physical activity. That is great to know. So whether it's price or whether it's staying in touch with your social community or some specific goals that you might have that might be a little different than the kind of the run-of-the-mill goals, for example, uh, you know, parasailing, I, I think those are <laughs> all great ideas. That's Yeah, and uh, another point to add is really an app, a physical activity tracker app, is just one tool in your toolbox. Uh, some people enjoy technology and enjoy that kind of thing, and, and others might not, and it's not necessary. It's just just one more thing that might, might nudge you in the right direction. And, uh, this is just so important for our audience to know, and Sabrina Joe, thanks, as always, for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Paul. I can't wait to talk with you again. Yeah, we'll look forward to it. My thanks, as always, to Sabrina Joe, ACE Director of Science and Research Content, for joining us today. Of course, my thanks to Heaven's Made for supporting and sponsoring the show, and to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please keep your emails coming, and send in those show ideas, too, and suggestions and comments at info at notold-better.com. Remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.